Welcome in to the second episode of the Money Call podcast. I'm Samuel Bigelow, joined by Gabby Mozipo, and we're here talking everything around the NFL and money. You know, we're talking fantasy football, we're talking bets, anything that you can make a buck on on Sundays, as usual. We're going to go through our two main segments that we usually do. We're talking fantasy formulations, and then we're going through each game, picking each one against the spread. Uh, It's our Thanksgiving episode, so hopefully you guys are able to get in the Thursday games before they happen. We're recording Wednesday night, so this podcast will be coming out Thursday morning. Um, So lots of games this week, no buys. Let's jump right in. Gabby, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing pretty well, Sam. I'm excited to get down and festive with these uh, Turkey Day games <laughs> and kind of get more into it as the playoffs start pushing and we, we start getting into the last couple weeks here of the regular season. Yeah, I certainly think these matchups, I mean, we'll be getting into it in a second, but I certainly think these Thursday matchups are tough, but I mean, who doesn't want to bet on on the Thursday matchup? So I'm definitely looking forward to that conversation. Hopefully give me some clarity going into that game, those games and uh, give me somebody that I feel good about betting on. But uh, before we get into that, we'll start with our fantasy formulations. We got three topics to discuss today. The very first, and I mean, Gabby's the perfect person to have on for this. We wanted to talk about Parrish Campbell. You know, he's been awesome these past couple of weeks. But, you know, he's been he's been up and down kind of this season. Gabby, what do, what are your thoughts on Paris Campbell for fantasy right now? Paris Campbell, he's a stable floor at flex. He really has been showing his consistency over the last couple of weeks, especially with Matt Ryan in the scheme. It's one thing that he's really been struggling with over the last three years. And as Colts fans, we know this really well is staying on the field. And this year he's been able to play all these games. And when he's on the field, he's had at least over 80% snap share in every game except two. One was 77 and the other was 67. And of six of the last, yeah, four of the last six games, he's actually had double-digit fantasy points. And he's proven to be, have a consistent four, showing 11, 12, 9, and even six targets in a couple of these games here. He's shown to be Matt Ryan's favorite target, and especially with the O-line looking to struggle quite a bit. Ryan Kelly hasn't been looking quite like himself as of lately. Um, Matt Ryan's had to dump the ball off and throw it off quickly, and that person that he looks to is Paris Campbell. So as long as Paris Campbell is healthy, I have him in my lineup, especially over these next two weeks where they play Pittsburgh and Dallas with two of maybe two of the three, if not two of the two best edge pass rushers in the NFL. So I definitely want to play Paris Campbell this week. If I can fit him in my lineup anyway, I definitely will want to do that, just given that he has a stable floor and he's shown that Matt Ryan will be looking for him. Yeah, I think over these past six weeks, he's certainly demonstrated uh, that he has a stable floor, only less than five targets once in those six weeks. So even with one week that was a dud and then one week that was a little less than 10, but you didn't kill you. All those weeks he's had over five targets, which is really what you're looking for. A good target share. And like you mentioned, some around nine, three or around 10, three weeks with nine or more. Um, Yeah. I definitely think he's got a really solid floor with the touchdown upside. Um, It's an offense that could really use some big plays and they have found someone who can provide those in Paris Campbell. So uh, I definitely think that, this is a he's going to be a solid play moving forward. And I mean, I, I've not been a Paris Campbell fan uh, prior to this season 
I did not think that he was going to break out and to be a real uh, usable fantasy asset. And uh, he has definitely proven me wrong. I, I definitely feel good about playing him. Uh, it's an offense that, you know, I don't feel excited to, to be playing a fantasy asset in, but I mean, it's an NFL team. They're going to play the games. They're going to score points. They're going to make yards. They're going to have completions, you know, all the things you need for fantasy. Uh, so there's value there. Um, and you can find that in Paris Campbell. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add about Paris before we move on, Gabby? This is, I did want to add one more point that just the fact that he does have the pedigree to where this, this isn't necessarily his ceiling, right? He is a second round pick. He was drafted above DK Metcalf. He was drafted above Terry McLaurin. There is a reason why he was seen as the best wide receiver in Ohio state with a room filled with studs. So Chris Olave was in that room as well. So we got to remember that he does have talent in his, only problem with staying on the field. So this isn't something I don't think people should see this as like, oh, maybe this guy, like a guy that people may be talking about, like Demarcus Robinson, just kind of a flash in the pan type of guy. No, I think Paris Campbell, this is the real deal. And if this is his first year that he's finally truly healthy. So if he's still available on your waiver wire, I would take that opportunity to take him now. Cause especially with Matt Ryan under center, Matt Ryan is looking for him. Yeah, no, he I definitely agree with you. He is significantly um, above like a Demarcus Robinson in my rankings as well. I would say like Paris Campbell, borderline wide receiver too, and in rest of season rankings, um, it's maybe a little bit rich, but he's been really good these past six weeks. So, I mean, I don't know how you don't, you don't play him moving forward. I I, I don't necessarily think uh, on a weekly, weekly basis, he'll be like a lock to be a wide receiver two or three, I mean, to be honest, this is one of the weeks that concerns me a little bit. Uh, I do have faith in the Steelers D, but you can't not play him. I feel comfortable playing him uh, for sure. So I totally agree with you. I'm pretty comfortable playing the Steelers D, uh, playing Paris Campbell this week, just because the Steelers are the worst pass defense um, in the NFL. They're 32nd when it comes to wide receivers, fancy points per game. So, and especially if Minka Fitzpatrick is still a little banged up, I don't know if he's going to be in this game or not. Um, this is a matchup where Paris Campbell, he's known to be the short route, the short intermediate guy, um, check down guy. And especially with TJ Watt coming off of, I believe he'll play on the left tackle side. That's going to be a spot of weakness. Um, this could be a big game for Paris Campbell. It's a money call. Um, I'm taking the over on Paris Campbell's receptions this week just because I feel like Matt Ryan will be looking for him a lot in this game. I, I, I do agree that you should feel confident. You should feel comfortable playing Paris Campbell. I, I just don't know if this is the week that my favorite week to play him. Uh, but again, I would play him. Um, I just think that the Pittsburgh uh, defense is better than it's probably than the stats say than it's ranked. I, I think significantly they're improved by J.J. Watt's presence, and obviously he's been out for a majority of the season. And he, he makes a big difference in the past game, even though he is on the D-line. So I would say that that low ranking is a little bit deceiving. Um, but certainly, I mean, again, we both would recommend you play him uh, over the majority of guys. So uh, definitely not a lot to think about there um, if you're considering playing Paris Campbell. Uh, anything else, Gabby? I think we covered it. 
Awesome. Next on the list for the fantasy formulations, we got Brian Robinson. You know, this is a guy that I have on my roster in our, our main league. Um, and I, I, I sometimes think about dropping him. I got to be honest. I keep holding on to him though. Cause he, he just gets so much work. I mean, we're talking 15 carries this week, 26 the week before and 13 the week before. And it's, of course his first game after his injury, after getting shot was week five. So, I mean, he's, He's still a rookie who's very, very young in his NFL career, younger than even most rookies, obviously, uh, as far as the amount of games played in game time. Um, the touchdowns haven't really come yet, uh, so his, he has really, really not performed. When he has scored, he's been, he's been usable and solid for fantasy. Uh, he had a touchdown against Chicago, which helped him get to 12 points, and a touchdown against Philadelphia in Week 10, which helped him get to 14. But beyond that, significantly below 10 hovering around five or less. Uh, Gabby, are you, are you rostering Brian Robinson? How, how are you feeling about Brian Robinson? I'm not as excited as I was at the beginning of the season, obviously. And I'm in a weird spot with him. Um, he's getting a lot of work and he's on a team that wants to run the football. If Ron Rivera had it his way, Brian Robinson would get 20 carries. The problem is Washington and the Washington has been good, but the problem is, is we've seen that play out a couple of times and the ceiling is just not really there. And Antonio Gibson, he's a really good player. So he's going to be cutting into that workload and cutting into that ceiling quite a bit. So it would kind of depend on my situation, obviously, but I would probably be leaning towards keeping him overall. Just if I still needed, like if I had some buys coming up, still maybe you have week 14 buys coming in the playoffs that you just need a running back or you're, you're in a deep league. But we're also at this point in the year now where if you need upside players and you need bench spots or these bench spots are going to become more valuable for even gamesmanship purposes of trying to keep away certain players from opponents or or trying to keep their records lower. So I do think Brian Robinson's in that class of players that are definitely cuttable, as in they won't turn around and bite you in the butt in a couple of weeks. But I I just don't see really see the upside there, but I do see the opportunity is definitely there and there's a case to for him to be kept. But I think, I guess I've been pretty wishy-washy on this, but overall, <laughs> I would say I would keep him on my lineup. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly an interesting case. I think uh, another note on him is his, you kind of mentioned it already, his upside is super capped with Antonio Gibson there. I mean, Antonio Gibson gets all the passing work. If Antonio Gibson was to ever get injured, as long as Brian Robinson is, or not Brian Robinson, excuse me, uh, J.D. McKissick is still on IR. I'm not sure if he's slated to return this season or not. Um, As long as he's on IR, then I would expect that you'd see a massive uptake in Brian Robinson's work. And other than that, I think your, your ceiling is pretty capped on him. Although, I mean, in a scarce running back world, he is someone that I could play if I just needed a spot start. I think you could, in the right matchup, expect him to get have a good chance of getting 10 points. Again, you know, you're looking for that touchdown, um, which, you know, is possible. I think Washington's kind of improved these past few weeks, had some big wins, obviously. Uh, we'll see if that's kind of a flash in the pan or not. But I, I do have some faith in Washington to continue to uh, show that level of play. Um, and again, if if – Gibson ever went down you would I could see uh, more passing attempts to Brian Robinson and and other than that I think you just are kind of betting on the chance that you know rookies obviously can improve get better 
uh, take on larger roles in the offense. You know, there is the chance, and I, I certainly don't expect this to happen, but this is a, a, a feather in Brian Robinson's cap as far as whether or not to keep him. There is the chance that his role continues to expand um, at, since he is a rookie. The only place for that role to expand possibly is the passing game because he gets so many freaking carries. I don't really expect that to happen, but, you know, again, there is a, there are a couple scenarios where his role expands, which is a feather in his cap because I, I, I don't know if Gabby's mentioned it on the pod or just in conversations we've had. There are only a few players left in the, on waivers that have the chance of really contributing to a fantasy championship season. A lot of those players are going to be people that you pick up as sleepers and are going to be duds. But I mean, I think you got to take some chances in order to potentially have the people who are diamonds in the rough, especially this late in the season. So uh, he's a guy that I think is unlikely, but a potential diamond in the rough. Hmm. I like that, Sam. That's a good point. All right. Our, uh, our last fantasy formulation we got here, Deshaun Watson. This one's a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, just to get you guys ready for your next week, or maybe just to try to pick people up or make roster changes moving into this coming week. But Deshaun Watson will not be playing this week, but he will the following week against Houston. Uh, fittingly, uh, just wanted to discuss how we think he'll fit into the offense. Is he going to be fantasy relevant? Will that change the fantasy output of any of the um, Cleveland offensive pieces? You know, I really wish that it would for. Kareem Hunt, I doubt that. Kareem Hunt's going to continue to probably do nothing, but I really wish that would be the case. Um, I personally don't think Deshaun Watson is going to have any real fantasy value himself uh, this fantasy season. I think he'll probably be about the level or maybe even worse than Jacoby Brissett. I just have a hard time seeing how a guy hasn't played football in, what, a year or two. I don't understand really how he's going to come out and be anywhere near the level he was. I mean, obviously – best contract in NFL history. So he probably showed him something, but you know, and we've seen him do it before. Obviously he was a great quarterback before all this stuff happened off the field, which we definitely do not condone and is completely unacceptable. Obviously we wish he wouldn't have to play, but because he is, we will talk about him. Uh, But obviously the Cleveland Browns saw something. They think he's going to be able to do something. I don't think it's going to be this year. We'll see as far as the fantasy options, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to be that affected. I think that there's a chance that they're maybe slightly worse as far as the pass catchers, just because, like I said, I think he's as good or worse than Jacoby Brissett this year. Um, But I don't see any change in the work for Nick Chubb. Uh, Gabby, what are your thoughts on this situation? I think the Browns offense definitely has the potential to explode, but in reality, I don't think it's going to explode as much as Maybe your league mates might. So if your trade deadline is still open, I would start trying to see if you can shop some of your Cleveland Browns pass catchers. That includes David Njoku. Maybe he's coming off a poor game. But if you can spin the Deshaun Watson coming back, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, I think, can go for a lot right now. I personally wouldn't look to trade him just because I think he's shown that his production is going to be pretty solid and you can tell when it's coming and when it's not coming. So I wouldn't look to trade him, but you could trade him for quite a bit right now, especially more, definitely more than what you draft him right now. Maybe you could trade for him for maybe a wide receiver one that has a better schedule down the stretch. I'm thinking of a guy. 
maybe you could go and try to get a guy like T. Higgins right now um, from the Bengals. Yes, Jamar Chase might be coming back this week, but there's still a chance. He's, he was in the crutches as of, like, Thursday, so I think it's bold to think that he will be a full go next Sunday and be ready to play at 100%. So even if he's out there hobbled, I still think T. Higgins gets a pretty good chunk of the targets, and he did look good – um on Sunday he wasn't able to score the touchdown but nine for 148 he looked like he was um him and Burrow had that solid connection so a guy like him I would look to go get um for Amari but in DPJ he's been looking pretty good and we know that Deshaun likes to throw the deep ball so any of those type of guys I'd look to try to trade him right now just based off of that hype in and of itself um I do think that uh, the offense has the potential to ex- um, blow up this off um, this year, though, because Sean Watson is he is an amazing talent at the quarterback position. Barring anything he's done on and off the field, it's it's just a fact. When he's between the football field, he's he's one of the best players out there. So. Yes, he might be a little rusty. I don't think he's going to be coming out there game one and being some sort of superstar. But by the time your fantasy playoffs come around, I do think he has the potential to affect your games, especially for the Cleveland offense. And even as a quarterback pickup in himself, because you got to remember, he is one of the most mobile quarterbacks out there. Yeah, we'll we'll certainly see. I I am I'm going to have to. He's going to have to prove it to me before I'm putting him on my roster. But I. I loved what you said about the trade, though. That's a great idea. You definitely, um, I or I certainly think you could find people out there who are excited about what the Cleveland offense will be once Deshaun Watson returns. And again, I'm not one of those people. I'd probably rather have T. Higgins than Amari Cooper. I mean, at this point, it's that's a tough trade to make. Uh, but I think Amari probably has like bigger week winning upside. But I think T. Higgins is going to be more consistent for you. And I I don't think Jamar Chase is necessarily a negative for T Higgins. I feel like his role doesn't change much with or without Jamar chase. I think honestly, it just makes the Bengals slightly more of a passing, uh, passing heavy offense, which doesn't hurt Jamar uh, T Higgins and, and makes up for the, the slight downgrade for being the number two receiver. Um, but I mean, Tyler Boyd's super talented. So I don't think that T Higgins role changes that much um, as far as his rank in the offense, when, uh, when Jamar Chase is out, I just think that the Bengals in general obviously go a little bit more run heavy, which has been not great for T. Higgins, but he's still been producing, still getting targets. So that was a great uh, one to bring up. But certainly if there are people that you're interested in, maybe maybe package Amari Cooper with someone else to trade for a piece that's, that's better. Um, but yeah, and I, I would definitely be interested in that if you can get something good. There may be a little bit of a stigma around Amari Cooper, so... There's that you may have to deal deal with, um, but as far as like Nick Chubb, I would have, I would of course be holding on to him. He's just been, uh, he's just been too good to to not to do anything with other than other than play. So uh, you definitely got to keep playing him. I would not be trying to move on from him uh, at all. Uh, yeah, but I mean, other than that, I don't I don't think there's anything else that I wanted to say on that Cleveland situation. Uh, what about you, Gabby? No, I think I did a pretty good job handling it. Oh, actually, one thing, sorry. Kareem Hunt, I do think he has the potential to be a little bit better with Deshaun Watson under quarter, uh, 
under center just given the quarterback ability and Kareem Hunt is a little bit better as a receiving back. Kareem Hunt has been a dud this week, uh, this year, honestly. So he might be on your waivers. I'd be surprised if so, but Kareem, he's a running back to look out for if he is, if Sean Watson's back under center. Yeah, I mean, I guess there there is a world where they decide that playing Kareem Hunt and getting more uh, dump-off passes um, is beneficial for uh, for Watson on his return, but, you know, we don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but that is a good point. Uh, but anyways, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back uh, to go through each game against the spread. All right, welcome back to the picks portion of the Money Call podcast. We are, of course, going to start with our Thursday games this week, our Thanksgiving games, our holiday games, seeing who's going to take home the turkey leg. Well, I guess we're picking against the spread, so that's not necessarily true, but we'll talk about that. Uh, First game, obviously, the early game. We got the Buffalo Bills and the Detroit Lions. You know, if I remember correctly, the Buffalo Bills and the Lions both didn't play in Detroit, so it's confusing to me who's home, but, you know, Buffalo Bills are are favored. They're they're favored by ten points. Uh, it's a big spread. The over under. Me and Gabby were talking about off the off air. It's fifty four. Uh, that's pretty dang high. Um, I mean, I assume we both think the Bills are going to take home the win here. But Gabby, who are you picking against the spread? Against the spread, I'm going to go the Bills here. Uh, minus 10 is a big amount on the road, but the Lions, the Lions haven't shown me enough. I know they're winning, they're coming off three straight wins, but the teams that they have beaten, they just haven't, they haven't really been playing good football, I guess. I mean, the Giants, they, they've shown, I guess, that they're just getting lucky and the luck might be running out for them, it seems like here pretty soon. So I'm going Bills here. Yeah, I'm going Bills too. I just think the Bills are, are due for a big game. I mean, it's a really big spread, so I, I could see Detroit Detroit winning, and I definitely would not recommend putting a lot of money on this game, or not winning, excuse me, covering. Uh, but I wouldn't be super confident um, about putting a ton of money on this game, but I, I certainly would go uh, Buffalo minus 10 as well. I And I, I would probably, I you know, we were talking about the game, the over-under, Gabby, and I, I had said, Oh, you know, I could see it hitting the over, but, you know, thinking about it, I think this is a pretty, pretty interesting under. Uh, That is 54 is a lot of points. So I would probably recommend the under as well in this game. Uh, So Buffalo minus 10, recommending the under. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that that should be, that should be an interesting game uh, against the spread for sure. I think that one will be close. Uh, next game here we got in the mid window for Thanksgiving. We got the Giants and the Cowboys, a divisional matchup. And I actually think this one's going to be way closer than the spread says. Uh, the Giants are nine and a half point underdogs. I'm I'm taking the Giants. I just think that is way too many points. Um, Dallas looked damn good uh, this past week against Minnesota, in, incredibly good. And I I think they might be riding a little too high. Uh, they might be a little bit too confident. I think the Giants. We're embarrassed against Detroit, and I think they're looking to bounce back. I think they are just a solid squad. Um, I definitely don't think the Giants are any sort of playoff contender, uh, but I just don't see them having two terrible weeks, so I, I don't expect them to lose by more than nine. Gabby, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I'm on the Giants here, especially after Dallas coming off a huge win versus the Vikings. Dallas, one of the most public teams in the in America, if not, I mean, they're America's team for a reason, right? So um, I think this is going to be a little bit of an overreaction. I'm on the Giants here as well. I, I, I spewed that a little bit last week with my, my bet on them to win the division. That's not looking super hot after, after a horrible loss to the Lions. That's the type of loss that makes you want to – just makes you rethink all your decisions in life, especially when it comes to betting on Daniel Jones. But he actually—he looked like he played decent. It just wasn't—it wasn't enough. But yeah, I'm on the Giants here plus nine and a half. Cowboys—I don't think they'll be able to handle Barkley. He's too much of a force, and whoever wins this game gets OBJ. And I think the Giants want to bring him home. So I think that's that right. Be my extra motivation. The OBJ Bowl. Let's go. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, would you think? Would you consider putting any money on the on the money line here? I mean, the Giants are plus th- uh, three twenty uh, on the money line right now, so that's gonna be pretty sweet if you think that they actually might pull it out. Yeah, I would consider sprinkling a little bit on the money line. Um, I don't know if I wouldn't pull this over a teaser per se because you can't get this over the six. Yeah, I wouldn't put this out a teaser. But I would consider sprinkling a little bit on the money line here, maybe a couple bucks, maybe a fourth of of, of what you usually bet. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I certainly don't disagree. I think this will be a, a good game. I feel really good about the Giants plus nine. I mean, well, really good. The Dallas looked really, really good last week. They looked really fucking good. But I feel pretty good about the Giants plus nine and a half. And I think they have a chance to win. So, uh, anything else on that matchup? No, not nothing much. All right. So, going on to the later Thanksgiving game, the final one of the day, we got the Patriots taking on the Vikings. The Patriots, they are favored by two and a half this week. You know, this one's really difficult. Patriots, they really looked like shit. Last week, they just got that massive punt return at the end, obviously, to win it. That was obviously crazy. Um, awesome to see. Uh, Minnesota had a, an amazingly terrible game. Uh, amazing in the opposite way of the Patriots. I mean, they they did terrible against Dallas. We already talked about that. Uh, this one's tough for me to pick. Um, I'm thinking I am leaning Minnesota, though. Gabby, what are your thoughts? I pick Minnesota here. Minnesota's at home. Um, minus two and a half. That means usually what what Las Vegas does for some of our newer betters out there is um, they handicap the line at minus three for home games. So you can assume at a minus two and a half line that on a neutral site, Vegas assumes that Patriots are a better team. So, and I don't believe that. I think the Vikings are a better team. I know the Vikings have won a lot of close games. The point differential is in the negative. But I think the Vikings have better players all around. Matthew Judon, he might be a force with the tackle issue. You got to watch the injury report, see what happens to Christian Darisaw. Will he be back? Um, But if not, I still think they can have – they had Dalvin Cook. He's one of the best home run hitting running backs in the NFL. So I'm going the Vikings here. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that the the Vikings are the pick. I just my only hesitation is I have I have faith in the Patriots defense. 
Um, and I could definitely see this game being within a field goal uh, differential at the end. Um, and obviously the plus two and a half points would greatly benefit the Patriots in that situation. So uh, that's the only thing that makes me hesitate. I just have a lot of page, um, faith in the Patriots D um, but Minnesota's due for a bounce back. They can't, they can't do as bad as they did last week. So yeah, going with you, Minnesota minus two and a half. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we have our early window. Uh, first game in that window is Houston taking on Miami. This one is a big one. Houston is 13 and a half point underdogs. That is a lot of points. Gabby, what, which way are you going with this? I'm going Miami, man. Miami's going to dominate. Coming off a bye, 13 and a half is a lot of points, but Mike McDaniel has proven that he is the guy this year. Like, what he's been able to do on the offensive side of the ball with that team, I thought they were going to be good this year, but even they've even been even been able to pass my expectations. I think Super Bowl is a pretty high, lofty goal for them, but I do think, like, they have a chance to get to the AFC championship game. I think they're this, I think they might be the second best team in the AFC, especially now with, with the, what happened to the Bills and their defense. Um, the defensive players keep going out. Um, the Dolphins are definitely there. And if the Dolphins don't get there this year, they're one defensive free agency class away from getting there next year. And Miami is the definition of a place you can get players to play for cheap. So I think they have a really good chance of being a good uh, a good team here in the next couple of years, especially if Stewart keeps playing at this level. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I I love Miami this year. I've put a lot of money on them this year uh, over the weeks. So big fan of Miami this year. And I, I, I mean, give me Miami all the way. Houston ain't doing shit this week. I mean, they never do shit. So I think we can feel confident that, they won't score a lot. It's just a matter of will they allow Miami to score a lot? And if there's one thing Miami does well, it's move the ball and score points. Uh, so I'm feeling really good or <laughs> feeling pretty good about Miami versus Houston. I mean, I mentioned earlier in the pod, I, I was I was feeling unsure about about this week and some of the matchups. So I, I can't say super good, but I'm feeling good. Um, definitely like Miami here, especially at home versus Houston. So uh Next matchup here. This one I think is a little bit of an interesting line. I think it's a little bit uh, closer than I I would have thought. Uh, Jacksonville versus Baltimore. Baltimore is um, favored by four points. I, I I think Baltimore, but what are your thoughts, Gabby? I'm also picking Baltimore here. Um, they've proven that even without the passing game, like, whatever looks, it's funky. Like, they can still rely on Lamar's legs a little bit and on the running game, but they have a strong core. And I think Jacksonville, they're going to make a lot of turnovers. That defense has improved last week as well that they're sound. They're only keeping Carolina to three points, I believe. So Baltimore is a really good defense now, especially with the addition of Roquan Smith. Baltimore plus uh, minus four is the play. Yeah, I agree. I definitely don't think this line should be that close. I mean, I really do respect Jacksonville's defense, but I see Baltimore pulling away by probably a touchdown by the end of this game. They have a really good defense and an offense that that can get the job done with you with like you mentioned Lamar. 
he can get the job done against everybody. I mean, he doesn't or anybody, he doesn't always, but he can against anybody. So I have faith. Um, and yeah, I certainly think, uh, I think Baltimore is a really good team and I definitely don't think Jacksonville is quite there yet. So definitely confident in a Baltimore win. And I do think it'll be by, four, by four points. Um, next matchup here. I think this one's a, a pretty interesting one. I, I'm really curious to see which way you go, Gabby. Atlanta versus Washington. Atlanta is four-point underdogs. Who are you taking? Taking Washington here. They're on a roll right now. Taylor Heineke, he's got that dog in him. <laughs> um, whatever he – I don't know what his deal is. He just makes enough plays in every single game to keep them and to win the game. And they want to run the football and – those shots to Terry McLaurin on one-on-one coverage. And it works so often. And I think I think that's the way. I think you – honestly, if I'm the commanders, why don't I give Taylor Heineke a, a three-year, $30 million deal and just try to build the team out around him? Use the rest of that cap space that I save at quarterback and yeah, he might not be able to push us over the top for the last couple, next couple of years, but Washington doesn't want to. If you're the commanders, being a Super Bowl contender isn't in the cards right now. It's not in the next, it's in the cards for the next five years, for being completely honest, unless they want to tear down that team. The team is already built to win basically now in terms of everything else except the quarterback. Unless you can go get an Aaron Rodgers next year or a Jimmy Garoppolo, who's becoming a really interesting target for a lot of these teams out there. Give Taylor Heineke maybe a two-year, $25 million deal and just try to build this team out, get him maybe one more wide receiver, an offensive lineman, and one more defensive piece and see if this team can compete in the division because – can the NFC East send all four teams to the playoffs? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not believing it. I am not that high on Taylor Heineke. I mean, I love Taylor Heineke as much as the next guy, you know. He's on the all Moxie team, you know. You, you got to love him. But, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not there with Taylor Heineke. I, I like the idea of giving him a contract, you know. Three years, 30 million is not that much for a quarterback. I mean, I don't know if you want to be – that in connected to Taylor Heineke for three years, but you know, maybe you do 2 million, like you said, or two years, um, like you said, and, and you probably get it for less. I mean, and, and then if you end up having a guy that you want to draft, or if you are better than you thought, then, then you can move forward. But, you know, he's definitely the bridge quarterback. There's no need to have Carson Wentz or any of those other mediocre guys. I don't, I don't think, I mean, we'll see who they, who they possibly can get, but yeah, I, I, I definitely could get down with that idea. However, I do think that the commander's win streak here, two game win streak um, does come to an end against Atlanta. Atlanta has been pretty good against the spread this year. Uh, not super great recently. I don't think, but uh, they have been pretty good against the spread. And I just think that the game is going to be really close. I think that both teams are just going to try to run the ball. And so I do think that the game ends up being, Close, and so for that reason, I like the Falcons plus four. Um, any other thoughts on that game before we move on to Chicago versus the uh, New York Jets, Gabby? Nope. 
Awesome. So we got the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets next, like I mentioned. And this one is is tough just because we we aren't 100% sure on the status of Justin Fields yet. Even if he does play, he could be banged up. So this one this one's tough. Chicago is the underdog. They are plus four and a half right now uh, against the Jets. It's going to be really close. I mean, if I'm betting this right now, I have a lot harder time than if I'm betting on Sunday. If if there's no Justin Fields, then I, I feel good about the Jets minus four and a half. And if there is, I would go Chicago plus four and a half. So if I if I had to pick right now, I'm probably going to say that Justin Fields does play. And even if he doesn't, I mean, I'm going to hope that it'd stay close enough because, I mean, the Jets aren't going to score a lot of points. They're just going to play good D. So I'm going to hope that it stays close enough that Chicago can win by four and a half since I have to pick it right now. So since I have to pick right now, Chicago plus four and a half. But again, like I said, uh, if I got to wait till closer to game time, I'd be looking at the status of Justin Fields, and that would be uh, my determining factor. But what are what are your thoughts on this game, Gabby? I'm all over the Jets this week. This is my biggest bet. Yeah, wow. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors here that make me want to point to the Jets. Just a lot of a lot of injury factors, per se, and a lot of factors that who might be playing quarterback for each team to where I want to jump on the Jets right now before any decisions are made. It's Right now it's Tuesday for us here. And one thing to remember is just Chicago, Justin Fields, as you alluded to earlier, has a shoulder concern. So we, we're not sure if he will play. Under We're under the presumption that he will be able to play. But something that is way more interesting for me on the other side is what happens with the Jets? The Jets haven't decided anything at quarterback right now, and I'm pretty sure this line is set at the Zach Wilson is the quarterback line. And Sam, do you think this line would move in favor of the Jets or not in favor of the Jets if they were to announce maybe like a Joe Flacco, somebody who has more touchdowns than Zach Wilson, but Joe Flacco has played three games as opposed to Zach Wilson's seven? So you're saying um, as in like in favor, as in uh, like the spread would become smaller? Yeah. Uh, then I would say not in, favor, not in favor of the Jets if Joe Flacco is the quarterback. You think the spread would actually become bigger? Yeah, I think just – yeah, I think that – I think Joe Flacco is a better quarterback right now. So I okay. think that the Jets would be expected to win by more. Yeah, so – I think all that given, yeah, exactly that. So I think all that combined together, I think I want to grab the Jets number now at minus four and a half, and I'm all over the Jets here just because I think the defense is it's better. I think they're a way better team than the Bears. The Bears, they've looked good on offense, but they keep losing, and their goal is they're trying to lose right now. Remember, they traded away their best two defensive players right before the trade deadline. Luke Getzey has looked like a genius on offense, but that defense can't stop anybody. That's why Justin Fields has been a menace in the fantasy world because he still has to throw the ball and still has to find ways to score no matter what. So I'm grabbing the Jets here. I don't think the Bears are that good yet. They need a rebuild that defense which is weird to say because that's what the only thing that was good about them for the last 10 years but they need to rebuild that defense and get Justin Fields a real wide receiver yeah no I I I think you make some interesting points there however I do think that Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback I mean the Jets they're they're six and four yes and they they are technically in um contention for 
the playoffs. However, I, they're the bottom of their division still technically, and I don't think that they can have any delusions of being able to go and have a Super Bowl run. So I, I think they're still going to be thinking long-term um, at heart. Uh, and so for that reason, I do think they're going to go Zach Wilson. And I think the idea that Zach Wilson can win a game by a, a touchdown or five points is is a, that's a little bit of a stretch for me. And for that reason, I would go Chicago if Justin Fields plays. Now, if Justin Fields doesn't play, you know, then I think that uh, Zach Wilson, Wilson, even how bad he's been, he should be able to win by a touchdown against a backup quarterback on Chicago with how bad of a defense you mentioned. Um, but because I think it's going to be Zach Wilson, and I do think there's a good chance that Justin Fields plays, I do think the Bears would will keep it close. I don't know if they'll win. I, I hesitate to say that. Um, but I do think that the Bears keep it close and they cover the four and a half. Um, but like you said, there's a lot of things up in the air on this game. It's going to be a really interesting one. I think certainly if the Jets want to win games, they'll play Joe Flacco. If they want to see if Zach Wilson's the quarterback of their future, you've got to play him against Chicago. I cannot think of a better matchup to play your young quarterback in to try to get him some confidence than Chicago. If he can't do it against them, who can he do it against? I guess maybe Las Vegas, but um, I mean, who else are you going to, there's not a better, there's not a better matchup for him to have. Like you have to play Zach Wilson. If you think that he is your guy, I feel like, um, but we'll see. they could maybe try to send a message. It should be interesting. Um, did, do you have anything else you wanted to mention on that matchup before we move on? No, I think we handled that pretty well. Yeah. That one. Now I will probably be staying off that one just because of how much is up in the air. It makes me nervous, but you could, you could certainly capitalize if you have some confidence in that one. Um, but moving on to our next matchup, we got the Bengals and the Titans. This one is projected to be very, very close. The Titans are one and a half point underdogs. Gabby, what do you think about this matchup here? I'm on the money line Titans this week. I like them a lot. They should have won that divisional game last year. It is still incredible that the Bengals were able to pull that out. The defensive line sacked Joe Burrow nine times, and he won the game which is actually incredible if you think about it. And the office line thought we thought they got better. It really didn't. So I think Jeffrey Simmons and those boys are going to come back hungry. They know that they have, they're in the office line's head. And Mike Vrabel, he just plays a better game. He, he doesn't try to do stuff that he's not. They want to run the football, run it down your throat, maybe hit you with a play action. And when you think, when you know they're going to run the football, they're still going to run it. It is still going to work. So I'm on the Titans this week at home. I, I, they're an underdog at home. Yeah. Plus one and a half. That's not enough point value really for me, though. So I, I just grabbed them on the money line. Yeah, this one, uh, this one's honestly a, a toss up for me. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think, I mean, Tennessee, I think, is probably um, got the better, the better matchup, um, the better, better scheme matchup against the Bengals. And they have the better, better coaching staff. But the one thing is the Titans have a weakness when it comes to the pass game. And I do think that the Bengals are going to be good enough to exploit that even without Jamar chase. So that's definitely where I think they could get burned. I don't see the Titans able to uh, keep up in a, in a shootout if that was to happen. However, the Titans have been able to stop teams like the chiefs from uh, getting into a shootout with them. I mean, they played them 20 to 17 and they did lose obviously an OT, but um, 
the Chiefs only scored 20 points in five quarters, basically. So, um, yeah, I do think the Titans have the ability to hold down a team with an explosive offense. And the Bengals, of course, still are likely to be without Jamar Chase and without uh, potentially without uh, Joe Mixon. So their offense could be stymied slightly, which would be in the Titans' favor, obviously. And Ryan Tannehill just looked so damn good last week. I just got to take him at home as the home dogs. I, I'm excited for this one. This is going to be one of my favorite games to watch of the week. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Gabby. I'd be taking Tennessee plus a point and a half and Tennessee money line if I'm if I'm betting it. Uh, let's see here. Next game on the week, we have another barn burner. We have Denver taking on Carolina. Carolina is two and a half point dogs. Uh, <laughs> this one is not so interesting as far as it the football game that will be going on. Uh, I honestly was disgusted by what I saw from Denver last week on TV. I cannot believe that they'd be favored. I'm going to say Carolina plus two and a half. They played Baltimore way, way tougher than they should have. Um, I'm taking Carolina plus points. I think this will be a close game. And I, I, I would honestly, I'm actually going to be probably taking Carolina, the Carolina money line, Carolina that, you know, they, they play tough. they, are in the same position they've been all season. They've known they weren't going to be a Super Bowl team. Denver still is delusional. Carolina has played with with that knowledge that they're not a Super Bowl team all year and has played teams tough. I just like where Carolina's at compared to Denver as far as headspace. Talent might as well be the same. Um, and I I just like the extra points that Carolina's going to get. So, um, And they're at home. So Carolina plus two and a half. What are your thoughts, Gabby? Yeah, here, I'm, I, I don't know. I think I w- I'm leaning Broncos just because the defense is the best side of the football here. I'm. This is really a stay away, not really trying to bet it by any means necessary, just because it's a game where there's a lot of unknowns that we can't tell where the line might move after these unknowns could play out. Like, there's too many scenarios. But I do – if I were to lean away, I would pick the Broncos just because Sam Darnold is at the quarterback. So I think he's going to give the ball back to the Broncos a couple times now. They did just announce that. So um, Patrick Sertain and everybody, I think they're going to have the opportunity to pick the ball off a couple of times. So I, I like that defense a lot, especially in fantasy and as well as in just overall. I think it's one of the best units in the NFL is the offense has let them down. And I don't. I think Russell Wilson might be able to find a spark for a couple plays. That's all they really need versus Carolina since they are trying to lose at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, most people have probably already heard this stat, but going into the, I don't know when the Broncos had their bye, but uh, I think it was going into last week. Um, if the Broncos, they, they talked about if the Broncos had scored 18 points in every game uh, that they played in this week, exactly. They would be eight and one. Um, and so it's not like, Russell Wilson in the in the Denver offensive needed to do a lot in order to get a win. They they've done absolutely nothing. So, um, yeah, and I guess it would have been nine and one last week because they went to overtime at sixteen. So would have been nine and one if they'd been able to score eighteen points in every game. So that's pretty rough for uh, for Denver there. But yeah, uh, I guess we disagree on that one. That one will be interesting um, as far as against the spread. But I'm sure the actual football will be. Uh, awful uh anyways moving on to our final game of the early window tampa bay versus cleveland i think this will be a pretty interesting one i'm on tampa bay minus three i just kind of think 
you know, Cleveland is starting to realize their season is over. They're not going anywhere. Uh, it's the last week before Deshaun returns. I just don't, I don't know. I just don't think that they're going to have the same will to win as Tampa Bay. Uh, so I am going to be on Tampa Bay minus three there. And and I, I do think that Cleveland's prone to some mistakes. I think in Tampa Bay, hopefully we'll have things buttoned up um, coming off the bye. So We'll see if they've improved, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers minus three this week. What do you think, Gabby? I think I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay this week as well. Coming, yeah, coming off the bye, I think is gonna be a very big key. And I think Jacoby Brissett is gonna have a farewell tour like nobody's business. I think he's gonna throw two picks. I think he's gonna try to push it quite a bit prove what he has done is for real and i think the bucks are going to be ready for it so i think this is going to be a rolling by tampa bay yeah i think that's a good point i think you could really see jacoby Brissett try to try to push it he he has been known to maybe push it a little bit too hard at times um in situations like this so um yeah i definitely think there'll be some mistakes made we'll see some turnovers but yeah we're on the same page with that one Moving on to our afternoon games here. We got the Raiders taking on the Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored by three and a half points. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, this one this one makes me nervous because I am a Seahawks fan and I struggle to really pinpoint how good they are. I, I get rose-colored glasses and I, I get my opinion tinted by that by my fandom. So I'm going to take Seattle minus three and a half. I just think that they've been they've been pretty good and the Raiders have sucked this year. So I and and the Seahawks are at home, which is a known a known advantage, obviously, uh, with the twelve. So I just don't see how the Raiders um, keep up or beat them. I think that I got to put my money on Seattle winning by more than four, so or more than three. Excuse me. Um, they just have been the better team this year. So Seattle minus three and a half. What are you thinking, Gabby? I'm there with you. I think Seattle is a better team. Vegas is really bad. They're spiraling. Um, they did just uh, – yeah, they, they were spiraling under control. I think Josh McDaniels is really going to show that he should be fired after one year. Him and Nathaniel Hackett, the two first hired coaches in the AFC West, I think they're going to be fired by the end of the year. So I'm all over the Broncos here. I actually think McDaniels gets a second chance. I mean, there are reports that the Raiders don't have enough money to fire him. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I just kind of get the vibe that the Raiders will not necessarily make the right call there. He should definitely be fired um, unless he does something miraculous for the remainder of the season. I mean, the, the Raiders, I, I mentioned with the Broncos, how terrible they were. They tied the Raiders at the re- end of regulation. Both teams were completely horrendous. That was one of the worst games of football I've ever watched. It was an exciting end, but both teams were trash. Um, yeah, the Raiders are bad. The Broncos are bad. They both, both head coaches of each of their respective teams deserve to be fired for sure, in my opinion. Um, and the Seahawks are, they're overperforming. They're well coached. And uh, yeah, I think, I think I feel good about them minus three and a half this week. Uh Next game here, we got the Chargers and the Cardinals. The Chargers are are favored by four and a half points. And I mean, I think I know which way you're going to go with this, Gabby, but but you tell me, who are you picking? 
I'm picking. That's tough, but I. Wow, I, I mean, I, I can start since I mean, you don't seem like you know, you're 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 kind of unsure here. I just wanted to. I I thought you were going to say the Chargers. I mean, after how they played this week against the Chiefs, and about and after how Arizona played. I mean, granted, it's Colt McCoy and Kyler should be back. After how Arizona played against San Francisco, I was feeling like you were going to take the Chargers minus four and a half. But, but I mean, you're, you're shaking your head. What do you What do you think? I I mean, not looking at it a little bit more, I'm leaning a little bit the Cardinals side here. I like the plus four and a half at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think about it. the public is down on them. Kyler hasn't played in the last two weeks. He's coming back. Hollywood might be back this week. The offense. We're finally going to see the offense full. They're on hard knocks. Like, we we see that type of stuff. So, I think this might be a kind of a bounce back spot for them. Um, I, I don't think they're going to win by any means. But I also think the Chargers are a little bit overrated. They play up to their to their teams. When they, Whenever the Chiefs come to town, they play really good. But they also can play really bad as well. And they're, they're slaughtered with injury, so... I just think the Chargers are not as good as we thought they were going to be coming into the season, and this could be a spot where they come down to the desert and get a little exposed. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers, they play almost everybody close, which is very, very scary um, in this matchup. I just don't think the Cardinals have it. I mean, I don't think the Chargers are that great either. I think they're pretenders. I think they're middle of the road. Um, I just think both coaches are playing for their jobs, and if I had to take a team – to be better, I would say the Chargers. And and to be honest, where the Chargers have their problems, their injuries mainly is on their defensive line. And I do not think that the Arizona Cardinals running game is going to be able to take uh, to take advantage of that. Uh, I just don't believe in James Conner. I mean, obviously, Kyler Murray is a huge boost to that running game in himself. But it's, it's going to be more than just the defensive line with Kyler Murray scrambling around back there to help keep him reined in. So, um I, I, I have faith that the Chargers can win by uh, more than five but or more than four, but it, it is going to be a little bit closer um, than, than maybe I had initially thought. You made some good points there, especially with Arizona at home, but I, I'd be sticking with the Chargers minus four and a half. I just, I just think Arizona is a dumpster fire right now, to be honest. And, yeah, I don't think they're going anywhere but in the trash. <laughs> they are bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think the Chargers, I think I think they think they have a shot at the playoffs. I don't think that Arizona thinks that is kind of where I'm at, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, there is that. But also at the same time, Cliff Kingsbury is fighting for his job at this point, And well, he knows that. So is Brandon Staley, though. Yeah, Brandon Staley's. I mean, they're in the same spot, basically. Kind of. He's fighting for his job. There is a scenario where Brandon Staley somehow comes out of the situation alive cliff kingsbury is gone after this year unless they somehow i don't know rip off the next like five wins yeah i mean i agree i i think i unfortunately for cliff i think that he's already i think it's already too late and for brandon <laughs> staley he has a chance so that's what i mean it's like he has a chance of survival he's got to do everything he can this game but <laughs> cliff kingsbury is coaching for the next job yeah, Brandon Staley, is, he's been scared, if you've noticed. He hasn't even been really calling a lot of those wild <laughs> fourth and sevens anymore. I saw he's hanging up on the analytics team. 
Yeah, fourth and <laughs> fourth and inches, fourth and one. He's putting the fall ball. It's like, where's this man going? All of a sudden, like he's maybe going a little bit too far on the other side of the spectrum. And shown bright for a couple of weeks at the beginning of the last season, and then he got scared. I guess that's that's too bad for Brandon Staley and the Chargers. But yeah, that that should be an interesting one. Whoever wins has a chance to keep their job. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, next game here, uh, we got the Saints and the 49ers. This is a, another big spread. This one, this one just makes me a little bit nervous because the Saints have a little bit better defense than I think people give them credit for. But the Saints are underdogs by nine and a half points. This one, this one makes me nervous. But I'd be going with, I think I'd be going with the 49ers. I think. I mean, this one's tough because, I mean, Vegas knows that everybody's on the 49ers right now, but the Saints have been so bad. What What are your thoughts, Gabby? I'm on this, like, it's tough. It's tough to be on the Saints just because, yeah, as you've been saying earlier, the Niners have been looking super well so far, but Taysom Hill and what he really can prove for this offense, I think – I think it's something special. I mean, he's been running the football really well. Um, and nine and a half is a lot of points on the road, though. That is a lot of points to give up. Uh, they play – the Saints play most people within that. They have definitely dropped some by more than that. And, I mean, one of those weeks was – actually, no, that week was – actually, they would have covered. I was thinking about the Arizona cart and – versus the Saints, uh, Cardinals versus Saints game. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, they cover that line, but they've not had the toughest schedule either. So, yeah. I, I If I were to bet on this, this one is a little – it's a little large for me right now. I'm hoping – I think it was, it's going to fall a little bit. So, I wouldn't bet on it right this second. Um, if it be- falls maybe below, like, nine, I start wanting to lean towards the 49ers side a little bit. but. I, at this number right now, that's a lot of points to give up to a Saints side. So it's saying on a neutral site, basically the Niners are going to be a, a touchdown favorite. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah, this is a live podcast, I guess, because I'm I'm starting to pick. Uh, yeah, I'm talking myself in the 49ers here. I think looking at the numbers, looking at all the numbers here, I mean, it's over under at 43, so we're, we're not expecting too many points here. And if it's a low score, the Niners defense is pretty good, and Andy Dalton has struggled. He did just pop off and beat the Rams last week, but the Niners are they're rolling in all cylinders, especially with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. So I think they're going to be able to control the football here and – beat the saints by double digits well i am gonna come back after this quick break with my pick so we'll be back in just a moment all right we're back to finish out that new orleans versus san francisco matchup you know gabby said it 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 certainly is a live podcast you can see us going through it at times and you know, I think about it beforehand, and I'm sure Gabby does as well. But sometimes, you know, in the moment trying to make that call, it can be wishy-washy. I certainly was leaning Saints going into this podcast. But after after discussing it and thinking about it more, I'm going San Francisco minus nine and a half. I mean, they've just been – they know they need to win games to put themselves in a good spot for the playoffs. 
and they've started to dominate teams that they're better than. So, and they are, they are certainly better than the saints. So I think that the 49ers get another dominant game as they have these past couple of weeks when they've been playing teams, they're better than better than in the Cardinals and the Rams. So uh, anything else to add on that matchup, Gabby, before we move on, since we did cut you off there a little bit. No, I think we got everything figured out there. Awesome. So last game in the afternoon window for Sunday, we got the Rams and the Chiefs. And this is another big spread. We got the Chiefs who are favored by 14 and a half points. That's a lot. But the Rams, they're going to have a backup quarterback, if I'm correct here. Um, So I'm taking Kansas City. I just don't see. I mean, the Rams have a good D, but I just don't see them scoring points. I think that the, the Chiefs get her done. What do you think, Gabby? Yeah, the Chiefs are definitely getting it done. Um, no matter the spread, they're doing it. So Chiefs are they aren't really adept to um covering when they're big do- uh big favorites, but I like them here. I mean, the quarterback is awful. The offense is already ranked 32nd, and that's when they had the offensive player of the year and their Super Bowl MVP quarterback. Now they don't have either. Yeah, it's gonna be toast, man. Like Honestly, I don't I can't think of a better situation now from a fantasy perspective as to why if a defense is not the Texans, the Panthers or like the Brown the Browns are even a solid or the Jag well the Jaguars even a solid defense or the Lions, those three defenses so the Lions, the Texans or the Panthers, why they cannot be fantasy defenses number one overall if they're playing the Rams. Why couldn't they be? The def- the offensive line is awful. They just cut Daryl Henderson, their starting running back today. So now it's Cam Akers and Kyron Williams. They don't have their Super Bowl MVP quarterback. They don't have their offensive player of the year wide receiver. And they're the wide receiver they paid $45 million to licks Worse than he did last year. So, yeah, I'm picking up the Chiefs this week. I'm picking up any defense that's playing the Rams. I'm starting them with complete confidence. And I think they're going to be my number one defense coming, um, whatever, whoever's playing the Rams. And that's sad to say because they're a Super Bowl team. That is crazy. Yeah, no, they (laughs) – it's funny, the, all the broadcast teams still try to hype up every matchup they're in. It, it, this week, it'll be the Chiefs versus the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, but, like, obviously, the two be- – honestly, the three best players for their offense in the Super Bowl aren't even going to be playing uh, on the Rams. Odell obviously didn't play at all, but in Cooper Cup, and like you mentioned, him and Matthew, uh, Matthew Stafford both out. So it is not the Super Bowl winning Rams anymore. Um yeah, I definitely got to go with the Chiefs. You made a good point. The Chiefs' defense could be the best on the week. I think there's a fairly good chance you see a defensive score, which obviously is going to help us cover that uh, that large spread there. And it is a lot of points, but I don't see how you could go for the Rams. Uh, next matchup we got here, we got Sunday night. Uh, this game was looked excellent coming into the season. At this point, not so much. We got Green Bay playing Philadelphia. Green Bay is seven-point underdogs. Gabby, where are you going with this one? I'm taking Philly, man. 
taking Philly minus seven. Nick Sirianni, that offensive court, offensive system, he doesn't even call the plays. I know he has a big hand in it. It's beautiful, man. I, I watched it in full yesterday. I'm not yesterday, on Sunday. Anytime they were, it felt like the Colts had them. The QB draw, the plays that they were calling up, it was, it seemed immaculate. We had, we had their best players covered too. AJ Brown had a, had a mediocre game. It didn't matter. It felt like anytime they really needed a play, they were able to get it. And I think that's going to happen here versus the Packers as well. Um, they're going to be able to run the football, control the ball. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked all that good. So I think the, the Eagles are going to be able to cover this point spread pretty easily and get back on uh, track as one of the more dominant teams in the NFL. No, I, I have to agree with you. I I mean, the Packers suck, man. They are so disappointing this year. Uh, I have to agree with you. Philadelphia is has looked really good. I mean, last week was – an impressive showing by Indianapolis. I mean, they should be proud of how they played. They definitely held Philadelphia down, but I'm, I still have confidence in Philadelphia's offense to get the job done, to cover the seven points and, you know, green Bay's defense. They're a little overrated. I think um, they have not played well this season and their offense is not good either. So Philadelphia is just better in every asset in every uh, facet of the game. Um, so I got to go Philadelphia minus seven, and I, I think they'll win by a touchdown uh, pretty solidly. I just don't think Green Bay is going to be able to keep up with the myriad of ways that Philadelphia can attack them. Uh, Monday night, our final game of the week here. This one I actually think will be pretty interesting. Um, neither team going to the Super Bowl, obviously, but we got Pittsburgh playing Indianapolis. Indianapolis is actually two-and-a-half-point favorites, which is – if you told me that was going to be the case like three weeks ago, that I would not have believed you, um, even against the Steelers. So uh, good job on the Colts there for getting back up in that in that level there in Vegas's eyes. So um, good for them. Personally, I this one's tough. I'm I'm probably going Steelers because I just don't see how the Colts win by a lot of points. I think they win in a close game, um, and so I just don't feel super comfortable even if the Colts do win that they win by three or more points I think it could very likely if they win be a field goal game um when in that case I would I would love the extra points the Steelers are going to get and and I could see the Steelers offense having a few big plays I think they're a little bit more likely to have big plays than the Colts um just with I mean Pickens I think is impressed recently and I, I still have faith in um in Deontay Johnson and I mean, we saw Najee get revived last week with a big play, so you never know from him either. So I just think Pittsburgh's a little bit more likely to get the big play. So them, that that aspect plus the points, plus TJ Watt being back um, for the second week in a row, I believe. Uh, I, I just got to go Pittsburgh. But uh, what are your thoughts, Gabby? Yeah, I mean, this is a little homework of me, but for the third week in a row, I think I'm going to go Colts here on the point spread. FYI, I'm 2-0 so far. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the Colts here at home, less than a field goal. Favorites, Kenny Pickett, he's going to turn the ball over a couple of times for a defense that's been very, very solid without our best defensive player. Um, we want to run the football. We're going to run the football a lot at TJ Watt, see if he wants to keep rushing the passer as hard as he will. He probably will and probably still be as dominant. But we're going to run the football at him a lot. 
Um, the the cornerbacks are very easily beatable, so our wide receivers aren't going to be having a hard time coming off the line. And as I alluded to earlier, in our fantasy formulations, Paris Campbell might have a big day coming out of the slot, um, just with the quick the quick uh, cross the middle routes, quick drags, quick slants, sort that sort of nature. So I kind of I like the Colts here a lot. I like the defense to hold up. I like it this game to come down to McLaughlin's leg. Yeah, I definitely uh, I can't fault you for that. I'm I'm definitely leaning Steelers here, but you you do have a good record with the Colts. I mean, last week you definitely made the good call with the Colts play and the Eagles. I could not bring myself to take Indianapolis, and you certainly pulled that trigger. So props to you for that. So I could I could be wrong here, um, but I just don't see the Colts getting a lot going in the passing game. And and like you said, I do I do agree that it could come down to a field goal. Uh, could come down to the leg of Chase McLaughlin. Um, and so I, for that reason, I, I love the, I love the extra two and a half points for the Steelers there and, and what is kind of a toss up game for me, but anyways, it, that is all of our, our games for this week. Gabby, are there any, any final points or, or things you'd like to mention about this last game we talked about or any of the games um, this coming week? Um, Yeah. I just like to bring up one point about the, the Vikings game just want to kind of highlight what Bill Belichick does in terms of a wide uh, wide receiver offenses perspective. He's going to shade coverage a lot over to the Justin Jefferson side of the field. So from a player props perspective, something I would like to look at is maybe the TJ Hawkinson um, over unders, or if not, um, Dalvin carry carries, I would try to do your little bit of more research on that, but that's just something to start looking at, um, especially because it's on a Thursday. So those markets um, might be open for you today. Yeah, I, I definitely like that. I, I, as we know, Bill Belichick does try to go after and shut down your best weapon. And I, I, it's hard to argue that that's Justin Jefferson. I mean, you could see him trying to do something uh, to stop Dalvin cook a little more, but I think you're right. I think, I, I think, I think we will see that shaded coverage. So that's a good point there. I, I'm I'm really excited for all these Thanksgiving games. I think the Minnesota uh, minus two and a half against New England is probably the game I feel most comfortable about, but I'm most excited about betting on New York. Uh, the Giants plus nine and a half. I'm just really excited to see that game. I think that uh, the Giants are going to shock them, um, the shock Dallas and, uh, and cover. Uh, but it, anything else you wanted to mention before we get out of here, Gabby? No, I think we got it. Awesome. Well, thank you all again for listening to this second episode of the Money Call podcast. We'll be back next week. uh, So definitely come back and check us out. Good luck on all your bets and all your fantasy matchups and a happy Thanksgiving. 